Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ, and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. I am Minister Ron, and this is my wife, Minister Rose Finney. <laughs> you know, it's funny, you know, Alex used to work with Rose years ago, so he knows she is before she came to this church. But it's all good. Like I told Pastor DeBoer, the Lord knows who we are. And that, you know, he, you know, as much as we all would love to be able to duck out some of the stuff that we did, when we get there in front of the Lord, he's going to know exactly who we are. Amen. Exactly. We ain't going to exactly. be in the dark. So I'm going to go to, go, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your grace and your yes. mercy. Yes, thank your you, love God. and your kindness, Father God. We thank you for this subject tonight, Father God. That is a subject, Father God, that we know that will deal with our heartstrings, Father God. But I pray that we will be open tonight, Father God. We will be open, Father God, for the release that you're going to give us, Father God, and for the freedom that it can bring, Father God. Father God, I pray for this, this, this lesson, that it will fall on good soil, yes, Father God. Yes, yes. And I pray that it will, will produce a fruit in each and every one of us, Father God. Yes. Father God, I, will, I pray that none of us will look at the next person, Father God, but we will search our own hearts, Father God. Because this subject, Father God, touches each and every one of us, Father God. So we give you all the honor and all the glory in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Good evening, everybody, as you're being seated. And as you know, for the last couple of weeks, um, Tillman and LaChala Tiggs has been teaching um, the Win-Win series, and they taught on conflict, ways we get into conflict, how to avoid, and how to resolve conflict. And they did a great job, and if you were not here, hopefully you'll be able to pick up the CD. Amen. 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 But tonight, we will continue in the Win-Win series. And the title for this evening is Unforgiveness, the Silent Killer of Relationships and Especially Marriages. Especially Marriages. And then next week, we'll be concluding the um, series entitled The Power of Forgiveness to Restore a Marriage and a Relationship. So please, if you're here tonight, prayerfully you'll be able to attend next week. Amen? Amen. So what we're going to do, we're going to start tonight by creating a a parable, which will show you how this silent killer can ruin a marriage relationship. And for you singles as well, if you're in any kind of unforgiving relationship that you're aware of, that you are aware of, this is for you as well. And you have to remember that this can, this can be from your parents, from your siblings, your sister, your brother, your friends, your coworkers, your relatives, and it could even perhaps be somebody that you don't even know, you know, that has caused you some type of unforgiveness that you're walking in. So this is for you all tonight. But tonight, our emphasis is basically going to be on marriages. More marriages. Okay. Amen. Amen. So the medical community, at one time, Rose and I, we was going to give you a little bit of medical background, and we was going to dress up like 
I was going to be a doctor. She was going to be my nurse. You know what I mean? But, but the, Lord took us, the Lord took us somewhere else. Uh, uh, past, she passed around, and I thought, man. But the medical community said that high blood pressure, hypertension, is the silent killer. How many of we all heard the silent killer, hypertension? And they're saying that because that is true, because that's a true yeah, statement. It is. But what it means is really something is going on in your body that's not, that's not good. Something is going on in your body that's not really good. And, you know, and, and us as humans, what we do sometimes, you know, if we get up fast, you know, we might get a little dizziness, or once in a while we might have a little headache. And, you know, what we do, we deal with those symptoms because it says, ah, ain't no big deal. You know, I can live with this. But these are symptoms, and these symptoms are showing us something for a reason. They're showing us something that's very important. So I figure, so you figure that you are fine and just keeping on living with these symptoms in your life. You know, because we all do that. Sometimes we'll just, we'll have symptoms and we'll just live with them. Won't be no big deal. You know, but the symptoms are telling us something. It's very important that we play, pay close attention to symptoms that come in our life. Okay, so as we studied this, we wondered, what is a symptom? What is a symptom? A sign of the existence of something, especially of an undesirable situation. I'm going to say that again. A sign of the existence of something, especially of an undesirable situation. Amen? And just like in a marriage relationship, um, you can, okay, couples, you see couples together, and couples appear to be, you know, doing fine. Everything seemed to be going well. And they don't have any apparent symptoms. You don't see no symptoms at all. And then the next thing you know, the couples are not together anymore. And then you look and, you know, people wondering, you know, what in the world happened? What happened? And so what happened is the couples ignored the symptoms because the symptoms were there. The symptoms are not silent. The symptoms are like warning lights. You know, like a train that has warning lights? The symptoms are like that, and it's flashing, and it's letting you know that something is going on in your marriage relationship. Something is going on. Give you a warning. How many of you guys, you know, you pull up to a train track, the lights are flashing, the arm go down, but yet you still proceed to go around? I mean, it's warning, it's letting you know to take caution, something is going on, amen, which we know a train is coming. But you can go on YouTube and still see people. Anyway, all right, let's move on from that. But Rose and I, we're going to be like a tag team tonight, you know, back and forth, back and forth. That's okay. how we like to teach. I remember um, years ago, I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, I was finishing my basement down the basement in my house. And years ago, Brian, myself and my son, Brian, and I hurt my wrist. And I didn't hurt my wrist. I didn't hurt my wrist like I had to rush to the emergency room or anything like that. It was just, you know, when I go to button my button, my pants and my button, it was like, oh, I can't even do this. Or, you know, we took a trip um, and then the car I went to go to turn the blink on. It was just, I mean, it was paining. So, you know, I called my primary physician, go through the whole rigmarole, setting it up. When I go in there to check my wrist, which was hurting, I mean, hurting bad, I couldn't wear watches or nothing. You know, when they took my high blood, when they took my, press, my blood pressure, 
they took my wrist and threw my wrist aside like that. You know what I mean? Like, we don't care about your wrist. We have got to get your blood pressure down. You know, what, what good is it if you land here dead with a good wrist, right? Okay? <laughs> so, the, you know, the, the medical community, they take, you know, high blood pressure very, very seriously. Very and my mother, God rest her soul, you know, she went, went to the post office just to mail a letter. See a free screening, free screening of high blood pressure. High blood pressure. She sat down. They rushed her. They called the ambulance. Rushed her to the hospital. They called us at work. Me and my sisters, nervous to death, rushing to the hospital. We're running in. She's just sitting there. I'm fine, mm -hmm. you know. But they see something that's going on. They see symptoms mm -hmm. that's going on in her life and in my life. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And they wanted to do something about it, mm -hmm. you know, right away. Of course, you see my wrist. It's, it's, it's fine. fine. After they fine. regulated my, you know, my blood pressure. So yeah. as we were studying, we went online just to pull up, you know, some information on um, high blood pressure. We actually went on medicinenet.com, and we found that one in every four adults, some 50 million in the United States alone, has high blood pressure. But many people are unaware that they have the condi this condition. And we just wanted to give you just a little side note that you know, if you feel like you're having any of these symptoms, so make sure you go and get your blood pressure checked. And do not ignore the symptoms, please, like we do so much of. A lot of times we just bypass everything. And not just blood pressure. Any symptoms that you have, please have them check out. Mm -hmm. Amen. So that's why we're going to have the doctor. That's a side right. note, you all. OK. okay. <laughs> so these are things that are not just being said to scare you. These things, they don't say these things just to scare us. They're being said because they want us to become aware of something that's going on inside of our bodies and inside of us. And we want to bring these things to your attention as well. But we're talking about the symptom of a silent killer, which is unforgiveness. It's a silent killer. It resides inside of marriages. Amen? Mm -hmm. So unforgiveness in a marriage is like high blood pressure to your body. It is a silent killer, but a silent killer, like a thief in the night, like a thief in the night, comes when you least expect it and when you're unaware yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. This thing is lurking in your marriage, and we're going to help with you, help you guys to identify it and to deal with it. John 10 and 10 says, the thief comes, and if, if you have your Bible, we'll always underline this word, only. only. The thief comes only. He does not come to, to have a party with you. He doesn't come to bring gifts to you. He doesn't Lord come to, to help your marriage out at all. He comes only for one reason, one reason. There's really three reasons here, but he comes only to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Unforgiveness left alone in your marriage is like a thief in the night waiting for the best opportunity to come and steal, kill, and destroy your marriage relationship. Now, now, one of the most dangerous things or that a person can hold on to, one of the most dangerous things that a person can hold on to is unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness causes resentment and bitterness. And when you have unforgiveness in your heart, you know, think about it. You can be quiet. And you cannot say a word, not let anybody know what's going on. Amen. And your, your, your spouse, you know, you, you haven't forgiven them for any, something, and it's eating you up inside. And you don't say a word. You don't have to say a word. Guess what? 
it expresses itself in your body and it expresses yourself in, in your marriage. So, you know, what happened, what happened before, like I was saying, a couple, you see a couple, and one day they're together, and the next day they're not. So they ignored the symptoms. They, they kept quiet about it, and now they allowed unforgiveness to show and express itself in their marriage by their breakup. So it's very important for us to talk to someone when you need help. It's very important. If you're going through something in your marriage, you know, don't try to keep it quiet. Because a lot of times, we as people, especially people in the church, you don't want to tell anybody your business. You know, the first thing you say is, well, I don't want them to know what's going on. Yeah, gonna I, I'm not going to say a word. They might tell somebody else, and, you know, and, and then it's going to spread. I, I'm, I'm just not going to tell them. So what they do is they keep it to themselves. You know, the, the, the people, the couples, sometimes they get embarrassed. They feel embarrassed about this situation. And then you allow pride and shame to stop us from asking for help. Yeah. Pride and shame. You know. You know, it just. And, and, and all that comes from unforgiveness, symptoms that come out of it. You know, um, the pastors, the ministers, the deacons in this church, the folks that's in this church, you know, they're here. If you come to any of us with a problem in your marriage, we're not going to tell anyone. We're here to help restore your marriage. We're here to help bring you together and resolve it, not to hurt you. We're here to help give you back what the devil is trying to steal. And guess you know, what? But the devil is tricking you to tell you, don't tell nobody. That's right. Don't, Don't tell go nobody. tell that person because if you go talk to Pastor Robin, she's going to tell Minister Jackie, and Minister Jackie's going to tell Minister Berlin, and she's going to tell her husband, and the whole church. That's not how it works. That's but that's what the works. devil makes but you think. Yeah, the devil makes couples think that, so they keep But I know Pastor inside. Robin, she's not going to tell nobody. So they tend to keep stuff inside. Amen. All right, for an example, just say for an example, you can use Rose and I even though this is not true about us, but we're going to use it. You and your spouse just had a heated argument, a heated argument about something that happened. It could be something that's in your past, and then you resolve it. You all kiss. Thank you, resolve. Mm. You kiss makeup. Thank Everything you is resolve. all good. You kiss and you make up. Then you notice the next day your spouse is acting a little different. You know, I just kissed her. We made up, but she's acting a little different. So I asked my spouse, what is wrong? Nothing. And she says nothing is wrong. Okay. Nothing is wrong. Nothing wrong. Now, we know, I know that something is wrong. Something is different in my relationship here. Something is wrong. Now, that is, that is a clear indication that we made up, but has forgiveness happened? Okay, has forgiveness happened? So what we are saying here is that you can make up and you can live life as normal and Rose and I can be up in here and y'all can look at us and say, oh, isn't that a nice couple? And we can come to church and we can get out and see, uh, see Ozzy and Deacon Willie and hey, how y'all doing? You know what I mean? And we live in life as normal because we made up about that situation that we argued about. But was forgiveness there? And guess was what? Forgiveness there? It's hidden, it's silent, it's in here. So you don't know, you know right? Remember, couples, there's a clear difference between making up with your spouse and forgiving your spouse. Unforgiveness has to be a part 
of the making up process. It has to be. You must also forgive one another. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, you know, that's very important because, you know, Rose and I are products of divorce, and that stuff really exists. And it exists to the point to where you allow it to live there for a long time. You can look and you'd be like, how did I get here? How did I get and here? And you'd be on the outside looking, and it's so mm-hmm. true that you have to learn to forgive your spouse in the process of making up. Not just make up and I buy her some new shoes and a new outfit, and everything looks fine. <laughs> everything looks fine. But guess what? We know everything we is know not, everything fine. not fine. We know everything is not fine. And I always told myself, I hate those kind of relationships mm. where everybody else thinks my relationship is great except me. Amen. Ooh, that's the worst kind. That's the worst now, kind. Mm, and mm. I know people that go through that type of relationship yeah. in marriages. So let us not allow unforgiveness just to set dormant. Don't allow it to set dormant because truly it will eat you up on the inside and it will, it will ruin your relationship. It will ruin your marriage and it will ruin any other relationships that you all may have other than spouses. I'm talking singles now. It will. So like in the above example that I just went over about us arguing, one of the symptoms that, that this has caused in my relationship is now for your spouse to be a liar. Because I asked her, was anything wrong? And she said, no. no. You know, what's wrong? Nothing. You know, so we could have been sitting on the front row, pastor could have been speaking, and I could have said, is anything wrong with you? And she would have said, no, then that's a lie. So now the unforgiveness turned her into a liar. Right. Versus saying, yeah, I'm hurt. hurt. Let's talk about this later. Why is it so hard for us to say that? Why is that? it hard for us to say that? Why is it real easy for us to say nothing? nothing. And when something is, because I know you and you know me so well, we know when something is wrong. The word of God tells us in Colossians 3 and 9, do not lie to one another. Since you lay aside the old self with its evil practices. So if you had dealt with the unforgiveness when y'all made up, When your spouse asks what was wrong, you could have been honest and let them know what was really going on in your heart, causing you not to lie. You probably would have, that probably would have been a moment you all would have grown a little closer together if you had opened your heart up and shared what was really going on. Because that's the time, you know, we taught on something about having each other's back at all Mm times. When you have each other's back, you're not, I'm not going to say anything to try to push you away. I'm trying to say things to pull us closer together. So couples, by being silent, you give unforgiveness, the silent killer, more strength and more power to wreak havoc in your life. So when you're quiet, you're allowing the devil to be able to come in and have more, have a, a, a greater foothold in your marriage. When you keep quiet, when, we say when, it's, when you keep quiet, when there's something wrong, and you're not sharing, especially when they ask you and they know something is wrong. Right. And just like he said, it gives Satan, it gives Satan an advantage in our lives. You have to remember that Satan, enemy, whatever you want to call him, he's always prowling around. He's always out there looking for someone, a couple, married couple, that he can devour. He's always doing it. So you have to be on the alert and you have to know. He loves for you to walk in unforgiveness. He don't want to see married couples together. 
He doesn't want to see that. And he uses God's people, and it is a part of the scheme of deception. It is deception, and it is a lie. For Satan is the father of lies. Amen. And just as he deceived Adam and Eve, and he also tried to deceive Jesus in the wilderness, guess what? He's going to try to deceive you all as well, all of us as well. And, you know, when, when, when there's something, when you have something, and you're keeping it in the dark, guess what? The enemy knows it. He knows it, and he will use it. He will use it. And he wants you to hold on to it, and he wants you to say, ah, oh, I'm not going to forgive you for that in your mind. So he plays with your mind, Amen. and if you allow him, he'll use your mind as a playground. And he'll be going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in your mind, making you think something, making you hold on to unforgiveness, making you say, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to keep it inside. He, he does it. He constantly does it. Now, the Bible tells us that we ought to forgive each other. Now, do you remember, now I remember back in the day many times, when I would be upset about something, I would say, I'll forgive, but I had an attitude. I said, but I ain't going to forget it. And I would say it just like that, with the attitude. Not to now, me. Not to <laughs> Back in the day, like she said. I said back in the day. <laughs> so, you know, we have to learn to allow ourselves to let go of unforgiveness, and we can't allow it to live inside of us. You know, Pastor did a, a, a series on um, soul power, and he entitled one of them, which I thought was so good, and it was right on time for this. He called it, cut it off, cut it out. So I'm telling you all, cut it off, cut it out. If you feel like you got that unforgiveness thing going on inside you, let it go, let it go. Let it go. And guess what? It's a choice that you have to make. It's your choice because God has given each and every one of us free will. So you have the freedom to choose, but prayerfully you would choose the right thing to do, especially if you know that you're walking in that. And one of the ways of cutting it off is if once you make up and once you both said you forgive one another, then you have to let it go. Let it you go. can't keep dragging this old thing back every time. Because every time you're dragging it back, that's a clear sign that you really haven't forgiven. You haven't let it go. You know, you have, to, you have to just let it go. And I know it's easier said than done. I, I understand that. It's easier said than done, but it has to be done. You know, our Father tells us to forgive. Our Heavenly Father our tells heaven. us to forgive. Tells us to forgive. Amen? I was just thinking when Rose was reading that, real quick, it's not on here, but think of the devil. He's going to take Jesus, who is God, out in the wilderness and try to tempt him. And God, the devil knows exactly who Jesus is. If he's going to take him out to what try to tempt him, us? who are we yeah. to think that he's not, not going to try to tempt us? us? It's a trick. It's Come a trick. on, I mean, I wouldn't even have that enough guts to try to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to try to tempt you. Come on now. I mean, to me, it's kind of ludicrous. Like Mike Tyson said, ludicrous. <laughs> ludicrous. Okay, anyway, we're going we're gonna to say a few things that happen to, um, to people that causes unforgiveness in your life. And these, some, some of these things are pretty, pretty harsh. 
Okay, number one, uh, and we have like three areas, and what does it, what, what is done to us in this area is what do, is done to us, I'm sorry. Done to us. About abuse mentally or physically, and this is, could be in your marriage, infidelity, divorce, abandonment, abandonment, I, can, I, mm -hmm. I always have a hard time, abandonment. sexual abuse, um, and we also had um, substance abuse. Those you know, are you some could of the have things. something, some, you know, one of your spouses could be on drugs or alcohol or whatever. And these things are done to you because it's done the way he's treating you. He's, you know, and it's putting you through a lot of things. Yeah. In marriages, another that. area is what is said to us hurtful words, name calling, negative remarks, example like, I never, I wish I never married you. Can you imagine somebody saying that to you? After you married them, say it to me before I married you. <laughs> then I won't marry you. You understand what I mean? Don't wait till I marry you, then you're going to. Anyway, you understand what I mean? I wish I never married you. You know, you never do anything right. You never do anything right. I wish you was never born. You're stupid. You're dumb. You know, you will never amount to anything. You need to lose weight. That can be a hurtful insult. That could cause and emotional, emotional problems. problems. Yeah. You know, we're saying some of the things that can cause unforgiveness in your life. And mm -hmm. I mean, heavy things. Another area is what is taken from us. You know, death of a loved one. You know, you get so, someone you know, or you, your child goes out, God forbid, and a drunk driver hit them and killed them. You know, you have a hard time dealing with that unforgiveness there. Mm -hmm. The loss of a child, you know, unemployment, the loss of a job. You know, Rose put down a loss of inheritance. And the reason why... Do I, I know... Do, do, am I missing No, something? but the reason... <laughs> you know. The reason why I, I put loss of inheritance, because you know how sometimes when someone passes in your family and then there's an inheritance and then everybody in the family is fighting over it. Yeah. Yes, I mean, oh. I'm sure some people can relate. That is a part of unforgiveness because whoever ended up with the inheritance, you lost it. And now you're walking in unforgiveness yeah. and you're upset with your siblings because of that. And I, and I also put on here your health. Your you know, health. what is taken from you, your health. Because you can be in sickness and things could be going on. You have cancer in your body, you know, high blood pressure or whatever could be going on in your body. And some people, some people actually uh, walk in unforgiveness with God because they blame God. Yeah. Some people actually blame God from, for some of the things that has happened in their lives. Yep, yeah, yeah, which is a terrible thing. It's a terrible mm. thing. Normally when people have unforgiveness, it stems from something that has happened in their lives. That's why we gave some of those examples. Um, and those things can really upset us and cause us to be really angry, really, really angry. And you know some people that seems to be angry all the time? We all know people that seem to be angry just why are they angry just all the time? I understand the Lord mm -hmm. says sometimes you can get angry, but some people are just angry all the time. All you don't know time. why. What do they do? They wake up angry, they go to bed angry, and it's just probably from something that happened in that their happened, life. Yeah, something happened in their life. Probably something happened in their life, and they never dealt with the unforgiveness. Yeah. You know, but that anger is really a symptom that's surfacing in their life. Mm -hmm. That anger is really a symptom that's surfacing in their life. But the word of God in Ephesians tells us in 4, 26 and 27 to be angry. This is how it starts out. Be angry and yet do not sin. 
Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. But, that was the end. Opportunity is the end of the scriptures. The but is me here, okay? <laughs> I don't want to get that confused, okay? But because you allowed your anger to turn into unforgiveness, you did just what the word said not to do. The word says, be angry, yet do not sin. But you let unforgiveness take up residence inside of you, and then you gave the devil the opportunity now to come in to steal, yep. kill, and destroy in your marriage. Amen. You know, the word of God tells us that you're, it's okay, not really okay, but it's okay to be angry, but it's how you deal with your anger. That's right. That's it's right. how you deal with your anger. Yes. And I wrote down something here, and I said, um, I, I, don't, I don't want you guys to think that we are naive, because we are not. You know, forgiving someone can, can take a while, especially when one of those things that we had on the screen was done to you, like abuse or something like that. It mm -hmm. can take a while. Yes. It really can. You know, especially when something really bad has happened to you. But being hurt bad does not excuse you from forgiving oh, someone. That's right. Just because it was done bad to you, it doesn't excuse you from still forgiving. Amen. What I want to say is that you must get on the road of forgiveness and start the, the, the forgiving process so you can be healed. I, I, I don't know anybody that was hurt worse than Christ. Amen. Things were done to him worse, and mm -hmm. he still forgave. He still forgave. He still forgave. Now, there are consequences for unforgiveness. Uh, Matthew 6, 14 and 15, and if you all take notice, we haven't asked you to turn in your Bibles just because we're trying to save time, but the scripture is up on the board. Matthew 6 and 14 and 15, it says, Jesus said, Jesus said, if you forgive others for their trust transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, but, now this is not, he said a while ago that was him adding that in. I'm not adding this in. It says in scripture, but if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgression. Now, our Father is the God that created heaven and he created earth. And he created us in his image and in his likeness. And he sent his son Jesus Christ here to die for us, to die for our sins. So if, if Christ forgave us, Christ, the God of this world that created all, if he forgave us, who are we not to forgive our spouses or our siblings, our parents, who are we not to forgive? How can we do that? But we do it, but we do it all the time. You know, as we was going through this lesson, the, the, the one thing that resounded in my mind over was Christ on the cross saying, Father, forgive, forgive. me because they know not what they do. Amen. Amen. And I kept saying, wow. So I'm going to give. I mean, to be in that state of pain mm -hmm. as fleshly and deal, because normally when we're in pain, the last, the furthest thing in our mind is forgiveness when we end the pain. pain. Yeah. You yeah. know, we, we can go through the process and say, okay, you know something, yeah, maybe I should forgive. You know what I mean? After you went through counseling and talking, but he was in the midst of the pain. whole thing. And he still forgave us. And he still us. asked his father Amen. for forgiveness. Amen.
That's so the, the type of Savior we have. I'm sorry. Amen. So the first point is unforgiveness can hinder your prayer request to God. Unforgiveness can hinder your prayer request to God. Mark 11, 24 and 25, should be on the screen. It says, therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted you. It says, whenever you stand praying, the next word says, forgive. forgive. It says, forgive. And it says, if you have anything, it doesn't, have, it doesn't say if you have one thing, it doesn't say if you have two things, it doesn't say if you have a little bit of something, it says if you have anything against anyone, anyone. so that your Father who is heaven is in heaven will also forgive you your transgression. So it can hinder our prayer life. You know, I was reading in uh, Matthews 18 and 21, you know, when Peter asked Jesus and he asked him, he said, Lord, how many, how many times um, are we to forgive? He said, seven times, seven. And Jesus said, no, you're to forgive seven, not seven, but 77, which means unlimited. You are to continually to forgive someone. And that's what the word of God tells us. And think about this. The word of God tells us to pray without ceasing. We, we say that a lot in our church. Pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. But why would we be praying without ceasing, ceasing with unforgiveness in our heart and our prayers never being answered? And you wonder why. And you wonder why. Mm. Amen. The next point is unforgiveness is inconsistent with God's character. Now, I put that there because... When you walk in unforgiveness, you're not walking the way Christ told us that we should be walking. You know, it, it causes you not to walk in love. So you're not walking in love. The, the Word of God tells us that we are to love one another. So you cannot walk in love, you cannot walk in love and unforgiveness at the same time. You cannot do it. You can try it, but you cannot do it. Not the kind of love that God tells us, that God tells us we should be doing. Like in James... 3 and 11, it says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? It oh, can't, it can't it be can. done. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll try it, but it can't be done. Amen. We're only fooling ourselves. Now, Ephesians 5 and 2, and I'm still talking about that same point. Um, Ephesians 5 and 2 tell us to be imitators of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us, and he gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. John 15 and 10, I mean 15 and 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. So we are to love each other, we are to treat each other the same way. And I know, I'm not saying that it's easy, because you know, sometimes, you know, you don't like people, you don't like this person, or you, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna feel like you love everybody. But the word of God's telling us that we're supposed to. The word of God tells us to love our enemy. Doesn't it? So did. It tells us to love our enemy. In Matthew 7 and 12, it says, which is the golden rule, is treat people the same way you want them to treat you. So if I want her to forgive me, then I need to forgive her. You know, if you want someone to forgive you, 
Stop wanting people to always forgive you and you never willing to reciprocate and give the love back out mm -hmm. or the forgiveness back out. Amen? Yeah, our next point is unforgiveness will destroy your peace of mind. It will destroy your peace of mind. John 14 and 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be afraid. And so we have to realize that the only way, the only kind of peace that we're going to have is through Christ. That's the only peace. It's through Christ. And we are to walk and not let our hearts be troubled, nor let it be afraid. And Colossians 3 and 15 tell us to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Let, it rule, let, let, let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Not that unforgiveness that we can sometimes get stuck on. What happens is unforgiveness, allowing it to set in your heart, set into your relationship, what it will do, it will allow fear to set into your heart and your relationship as well. And what it causes, it will, the fear will cause you to not want to come to anyone to talk about what's going on in your marriage. But really it stems down to some unforgiveness that's going on. These are some of the symptoms. And um, something that Pastor taught on about two weeks ago, I wrote it down, I thought it was so good, and I, I can't remember it unless I read it exactly. So it says, fear makes you think you have to protect something because you feel you are going to be exposed. Fear is making you protect the unforgiveness that, inside, that is inside of you, which is causing no peace. Amen. You know, so, you know, the fear is causing you to protect something. And, it's, and you're saying, I'm going to protect the way that I feel about this thing. I'm not going to tell nobody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, because you feel you don't want it to be exposed. You're going to keep it quiet. You're not going to tell nobody. But what's happening is it's causing you to have no peace in your relationship no, no, no more. Mm -hmm. You know, you get out of the car, you walk in the church, and your wife is way back there. Don't walk back to the car, you don't open the door for her. You don't, you don't help her with her coat on, you don't give her a hug, you don't kiss her, because there's no peace and there's no love in your relationship, all because of this unforgiveness that you're allowing to just reside there. And you think that it's just going to sit there and do nothing. Mm -hmm. but and it's, it's not. It's, it's tearing you up inside. It's tearing you it, up. It really is. And the last point is unforgiveness binds our body, soul, and spirit, and causes bondage. It affects you physically, which, you know, like I said before, you can have sickness in your body. It affects you emotionally, messes with your mind, and it also can affect you spiritually. And in order for us to have unforgiveness and to continue to walk in love and where we won't have this bondage. Uh, we don't want to walk around and be unfruitful. You know, we want to bear fruit. The Word of God tells us that if you abide in me and I, I will abide in you and you will bear much fruit. He wants us to bear fruit. Amen. How can you bear fruit if you're walking in unforgiveness? You're going totally opposite of what the Word of God is telling us to do. You, you're going totally opposite of what, what he's saying for us to do. You know, so, you know, spiritually, you don't, want to, you don't want to walk in bondage in any way. 
And just remember the word of God says in John 8 and 36, it says, so if the son makes you free, then you're free indeed. We are no longer in bondage. We are not people that's in bondage. Even though we seem to walk like that, we're, we're not. We need to be free. We are free. We are free. The word of God tells us that we are free. We are free. You know, you have to walk in that freedom. It's there. Christ paid the price for that freedom. And if you find yourself in bondage, you need to go to your heavenly father in prayer and stand on his promise. Stand on his promise. He has not failed any of his promises, and he's not, not about to begin to fail any of his promises. In Matthew 18, 18, it says, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So it's very important that you, we're telling you to go to your heavenly father, but Amen. we're also telling you that you need to deal with the unforgiveness that's in, that's, your it, heart. that's in your heart. So when you go to your heavenly father, those prayers will be answered. Mm -hmm. Those prayers will be answered. Yeah, you don't want to be hindered in any way because the way you're walking, that you, you, know, you, you have this bitterness or resentment because of past stuff that has happened or, you know, even sometimes it could come up right now. You just, you know, forgive, you know. Sometimes when someone says something to you, your spouse or whatever, you know, some of the things can be intentional and some of the things can be unintentional. You know, somebody could say something to you and they don't realize that they're hurting your feelings or they have hurt you. And that's totally un unintentional. You know, they didn't mean to do it, but you took it the wrong way. You got it inside, bought it inside, and you're holding on to it. You just, it's just tearing you up inside. You know, so it's important, it's very important that we learn to let it go. You know, and it, I'll let you go ahead. Go through the process, the process. You make up, a lot of us know how to do that, but we also have to make sure forgiveness is in that process. And then we also have to make sure that we let things go and stop continually bringing things back up that we are supposed to have let go. Amen. Couples, we, cannot, we can no longer hold on to this silent killer of unforgiveness any longer. So what I would like for you guys to do is search your hearts, you know, search your heart and make sure that there is no unforgiveness living inside of you. You know, you have to do the work. It's not just going to be like, I always say, I dream of, wait, I'm not, I dream of genie. Be rich. Oh. Do like this and it happens. You know, we all, when we looked at that show when we were younger, we wish, oh man, I wish I could just do that and it happened. You know, the word of God says we have to do some work. We have to put in some work, you know, and also we have to get some help. Mm -hmm. Amen. And, Amen. And, and don't be afraid. Don't, Don't be, be afraid. afraid. It's a spirit it. of fear. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. You know, okay. step to it with boldness, you know, and just declare it and say it. You know, get the help. Seek the help. Amen. You, you'll get it. We're here, we're, you know, folks in the church, we're here to encourage. We're here to lift up. We're here to pray for you. You know, and then guess what? If somebody else can't answer your question, then we can get a professional. You know, we can refer you to someone, okay? But don't let it linger in. Don't let it linger. It's very important. It's okay. very important that you do that. You can stand. Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call 
at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland, 20781. Pastors Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.